Working remotely, where you are shouldn't dictate what you do. Work from the road by turning your vehicle into a reliable high-speed data Wi-Fi hotspot with AT&T in-car Wi-Fi. On the network that covers more roads than any other carrier, take your work on the road and AT&T will be there to keep you connected. Connect up to 10 devices and stream conference calls, finish up that presentation, or answer last-minute emails. Why wait? Go to att.com slash in-car Wi-Fi today for free trial eligibility. Based on independent third-party data, number of devices varies by manufacturer. Always pay careful attention to the road and don't drive distracted. Wi-Fi hotspot intended for passenger use only when vehicle is in operation. Compatible device and vehicle required. Running a business is no cakewalk, but with SAP Concur Solutions, you can be ready for anything. You can manage travel, expenses, and AP all on one platform that's packed with AI and best practices, and that delivers it all through an easy, clear, I can't believe how simple that is experience. So while not much can be done about that guy who never fails to burn the microwave popcorn and stink up the entire office, with SAP Concur, you can easily handle almost anything else. Take control of your business finances today at concur.com. That's C-O-N-C-U-R dot com. Whether it's her first Mother's Day or her 40th, she deserves more. Shop tons of stunning on-trend jewelry for every budget at Diamonds Direct. Diamond fashion jewelry, beautiful birthstones, everyday pearls, starting at just $200. Commemorate the real loves of her life with a gorgeous pendant featuring the birthstone of the one who made her mom. This Mother's Day, Diamonds Direct has everything you need to say thank you. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. Online at DiamondsDirect.com. When you think about the future, what kind of technology do you envision? Whatever the future holds, artificial intelligence will undoubtedly be at the heart of it all. Join Graham Class as he hosts Season 2 of Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast, and hear from the minds transforming healthcare, retail, entertainment, personal computing, and more with the help of AI. Tune in every other Tuesday and explore the latest technology that's changing our world today and creating a more accessible tomorrow. Listen to Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Brought to you by the reinvented 2012 Camry. It's ready. Are you? Hey there, Tech Stuff listeners. This is Jonathan Strickland, and I have got a request for all of you. Now, Chris and I have decided that we're going to try an experiment. We're doing our first crowdsourced episode of Tech Stuff, and we want to know what your pick is for the worst video game of all time. Now, nominations, you can you can make one nomination. You nominate one game, and you need to tell us the name of the game and the platform it was on. And it can be any platform. It can be an arcade game. It can be a PC, Mac, uh, Xbox, PS3, Nintendo, handheld console. It can be web-based if you like. But just you let us know what the platform is so we can make sure we count that as the votes. So you can nominate your game either through email, which is techstuff at howstuffworks.com, or you can nominate through Twitter or Facebook. And we're going to put a uh, cutoff date on this. I, I want to have the episode go up by the end of September of 2011. So let's say you need to get your nominations in by September 8th, 2011. So if you get those nominations into us, we will make sure we include those in the process and we will have an episode where we give you the worst video games of all time 
based upon the votes of our listeners. Thanks a lot. Can't wait to hear from you. Get in touch with technology with Tech Stuff from HowStuffWorks.com. Hello again, everyone. Welcome to Tech Stuff. My name is Chris Paulette. I am an editor at HowStuffWorks.com, and sitting across from me, as always, is senior writer Jonathan Strickland. I always feel like somebody's watching me, and I have no privacy. <laughs> you know, I, I have to admit, you rock well. <laughs> so uh, we're going to talk today about anonymity and the web and its relationship with one another and uh, how things have been changing over time. And this also ties a lot into uh, privacy and the web. In fact, the two are th- – these topics are all very closely related. But um, it's it's been in the news a lot recently, and by recently I mean the summer of, of 2011, uh, because of a couple different things. Uh, first of all, a couple of years ago you had um, – well, maybe it was only a year ago, but you had Mark Zuckerberg say that – the the whole uh, notion of privacy was falling out of social norms, meaning that people today don't value privacy or don't think of privacy as something that's important the way that generations earlier had uh, you know thought of the the subject. So uh, that w- that actually kind of explains a lot about certain things that Facebook has done over the past, where. You know, it's all about sharing information, particularly information about yourself and the things you like to do and the th- places you like to go. And mm-hmm. then, you know, the, the, the argument I think someone at Facebook would make is that the more you share, the more you're going to get out of that service. So if you do not share a lot, you won't really benefit from the service the way you do if you are someone who shares, you know, lots of stuff. Mm-hmm. Although even that, you know, we could, anyone could tell you. If they have a friend who shares absolutely everything, that that can get old too. Yes. Um, yes, it can. Sorry. Look, I thought it was a particularly interesting bowl of oatmeal. So I shared it. <laughs> well, it's always nice to share oatmeal. Uh, I don't know, but all right. Anyway, we're getting off track. <laughs> Cause I, I mean, I just go back to that oatmeal party where Josh Clark did that. Well, anyway, so, so. Facebook's approach is saying that anonymity and privacy are really kind of those are old ideas that yes. that we're we're slowly seeing phase out. And then the other thing that kind of brought this into uh, attention was a uh, Google launching Google Plus, and we did that episode on Google Plus, that epic Google Plus episode. Uh, one thing we didn't really talk about that much was that. Google Plus, you know, in order to have a Google Plus profile, you have to have a Google profile. In order to have a Google profile, it has to be a Google profile that's public because they eliminated all private Google profiles. Yes. And you had to have a name associated with that profile. And it didn't have to necessarily be your legal name, but it did have to be the name that you go by the most frequently. Mm-hmm. And so you would, you know, have to put a first name and a last name and make it be, uh, make it a legitimate name. If it were something that was clearly a handle or a nickname or just unusual or had some odd characters in it, like, uh, not like, you know, Alex from Clockwork Orange odd characters, but like symbols, like at symbols or hashtags or things like that, uh, that Google would flag it and then, uh, Google would suspend your Google Plus account. It is a darn good thing that Prince decided to go back to being Prince. Yeah, well, he the web's over compared if you ask Prince, so it's immaterial for this discussion. Fair point. Yeah, irregardless. Oh. Um, 
<laughs> supposedly. Supposedly. Uh, yeah. Anyway, if you if you put these these uh, symbols into your name, or you had some other weird name going in there, Google might flag your account and suspend it. Uh, they then later on kind of adjusted that a little bit where they would give you a warning saying you need to go into your Google profile and put in your actual name. And you could add in nicknames and stuff in an, another field called other names, mm-hmm. but that the name associated with your profile would be your real name. Now, that brought up some some questions among a lot of users, and it ranges the, through the whole spectrum. You've got the spectrum that includes people who are, you know, they, they, their argument is that, hey, I have made a... Uh, a name for myself under this persona. It's right? like a brand. Yeah, a brand. Exactly. It's like a brand. So um, he, the example I used in my blog post was uh, Dr. Kiki mm-hmm. of Dr. Yeah. Kiki Science. Uh, yeah, she's she's a scientist, um, uh, and she is known as Dr. Kiki. Uh, her first name is, I believe, Kirsten. But uh, but you know she that's not what everyone knows her as. So she created a Google profile using Dr. Kiki, and um, uh, yes, yeah, Kirsten Sanford. That's her name, Dr. Kirsten Sanford. So she went. She goes as everyone knows her as Dr. Kiki. So that's what she created her Google profile mm-hmm. as. But she her Google Plus profile was suspended because it did it violated the rules that Google had set up, and Google's argument was that. He wanted to create a social network that would let people connect with folks they know and folks they know of mm-hmm. uh, easily, and that it that if you start putting in handles and things and you're cloaking your identity, that's kind of antithetical to what Google meant Google Plus to be. Mm-hmm. The problem is that's not the way people use the web. Yeah, you know, people use the web in all sorts of different ways. There are people who will use their own names as their handles. For example, I'm one of those people. Mm-hmm. I use my own name as my handle pretty much everywhere, and uh, the reason for that is so that I keep myself accountable for the things I say. Right. It's a personal choice. I don't judge anyone else who goes by a handle. Uh, I totally understand that, and I think anonymity is an interesting and important issue. I just, for myself, choose to use my own name because, one, uh, that's kind of my brand. It's mm-hmm. my name mm-hmm. at this point. If I had gone by some other weird, wacky name, I'd probably be using that everywhere. Uh, but, two, you know, it's just, again, it just keeps me responsible for the things I say. I'm less likely to say something really offensive or outrageous or just pig-headed because it's attached to my name and I'm not going to go onto some forum and, and tell off the person who posted above me that they're a complete jerk and an idiot. And, you know, I'm, I'm less likely to do that. I still do it. I just don't do it as frequently as I would if I had, you know, you know, hamsterman73 was my handle. And no one knew that that was me. But we all know now. Well, I don't post under that handle anymore. <laughs> you won't find those YouTube comments coming from me anymore, Buster. Yep, yep. Well, it's funny. Um, you need to it, – it, it's weird to put this in perspective. So, you know, uh, to some degree, I think online, Mark Zuckerberg has a point. We've gotten to the point where we're interested in social networking um, we have business profiles on LinkedIn.com. We've got uh, Facebook, Twitter, Google Plus, and all the others uh, for our social fun. You know, our, our informal networking. In some cases, uh, business networking too. Yep. Um, and and 
it's hard. It's when you've gotten used to the idea of the right to privacy, which, um, you know, here in the United States, we have a certain expectation of personal privacy. Um, and not, that's not necessarily true everywhere else in the world. But when you've established all these accounts and you say, no, I just want to be online and have my, uh, my 10 family members and 60 friends and that's it. That's all I want on my account. I don't want everyone else to read my posts. Why are you making them available? Um, the thing is, Mark has a point because if you, you do have that right to privacy, but when you join Facebook, the point is to be social. And I, I you know, I don't want, I am one of those people that would prefer to socialize with people I know in real life and not, you know, everybody online. Right. That I, that I really don't know that well. Yeah. But at the same time, you know, if, if I join Facebook and I don't ha- you know, I have to play the rules by the rules of Facebook. And if Facebook says on Facebook, yeah, you don't have the right to privacy uh, to the same extent. I mean, you're, you're, everyone can see you. Now you don't have to publish your stuff so that the world can read every single post you write, but everybody's going to be able to see that you have a profile and that's just the way it is on Facebook. Yeah. And, um, you know, I, I see the annoyance, but I don't see why people get so very angry simply because you've, you're, you're agreeing to the terms of service for, joining those accounts. And that's one of the reasons I wasn't anxious to uh, join Google Plus right away was because I realized that I was going to have to make my profile public. Right. And everybody was going to be able to see it was me. And um, you're not allowed to use your nickname because, I mean, not only is that against the rules, but it also shows up against your account. So if I wanted to be uh, Larry the Wonder Beagle, then all right. my email on Gmail comes from Larry the Wonder Beagle. And I don't want to do that because I keep in touch with Yeah, you would essentially have to create people. a second Gmail account just right. for your Google Plus profile in that case, which you could theoretically do, although you're, again, kind of skirting the rules there. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, that's... And it would be annoying because you'd always have to log out of one account and log into the other whenever you wanted to check your quote-unquote real email. Yeah, yeah, that's, exactly. It's irritating. It's a, it's a pain in the neck, but the thing is... Uh, and again, it, this has nothing to do with the actual law. This has to do with the terms of service of right. the, the website you're using. Yeah. And it is, it is frustrating, I admit. And, you know, I think, I think where a lot of the concern comes from is not just like, I think there are some people who, who agree, like, all right, I get it. If I want to be on blah, 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 I have mm-hmm. to play by their rules. Yeah. I think the fear is that the approach to eliminating anonymity entirely they're, they're worried about that being more of a broad approach to the web in general. Yeah, and I worry about that too. Yeah, so that's something that I'm not interested cause, in. Because that would be, let's, let's say that Twitter made that same, same decision, that your Twitter handle had to be your first and last name. Right. Now for me, it happens to be that. But, um, except <laughs> a shortened version of my first name because Jonathan Strickland does not fit as a full Twitter handle. Um, so, uh, yeah, Johnny Cakes, that's me. No, it's not. It's not really me. Anyway, so cake, mm, cake. I prefer pie. Pie. <laughs> but anyway, if Twitter did that, then you know you think about that. There, there. We've seen Twitter being used in things like a uh, like political revolutions, you know, political unrest, turmoil, riots, that kind of thing, protests, uh, situations where the people who are organizing it definitely would not want their their identity shared with the general public. Right. Because it would put themselves in danger. Yeah. Right. In literal and, physical danger. And it would, it would help 
prevent them from doing the the political activist work they were trying to do. Like if they were to post something and it was traced back to their identity, mm-hmm. they could be, you know, theoretically by by an oppressive government brought in. And then not only do you have a person brought in by the same government they were trying to protest, but whatever activities they were trying to organize have been, um, you know, have been uh, somewhat well sidetracked. Have been have been sabotaged. Yeah, compromised. Um, exactly, because you no longer have that anonymity, and so there is a definite place for anonymity on the web. So you, here, here, are, like, let's talk about some of the different arguments that people make for and against anonymity. Okay. So we've already covered one of them, which is that you know, if you want to be able to connect with people, you need to be able to know who to look for, and it's kind of hard to look for someone if everyone's using up fake names everywhere. Right. So that's one argument against anonymity. Um, another is another argument against anonymity is that uh, making someone use their own name, kind of the way I was explaining my own personal approach, uh, keeps them somewhat accountable for their uh, words and actions. Mm-hmm. So in other words, the idea is that if you make sure that people cannot be anonymous, you really cut back on trolling. Yeah. That's, that's ultimately what we get down to. So can you imagine what a place YouTube would be if everyone had to use their real names and like there was a way of really linking a, an account to an actual person as opposed to just a, a handle? Because, I mean, you, you look at some of the quotes on YouTube and they are some of the meanest, nastiest, mean-spirited stuff I've ever read anywhere. Yeah. And it, it, just on a typical video even, you know, something – a video that has no objectionable material in it. It's just silly or it's or it's even, you know, even if it's boring, sometimes mm-hmm. you get the nastiest responses. And so the argument is that, well, if you made sure that people could not be anonymous, couldn't hide behind a pseudonym or a handle mm-hmm. – that they would be nicer. And that's probably true for most people. They would probably be nicer. I don't think that it would magically make the web a shiny, happy place and mm-hmm. no one would ever disagree with anyone and you would never have anyone call anyone else a hurtful name or anything. That's naive. That mm-hmm. would still happen. But I think it would cut down quite a bit on the trollish behavior. But I don't know that the trade off is worth that. Right. You know, so mm-hmm. anyway, those are those are two arguments uh, against anonymity. But one that we've mentioned already is what if you want to be able to protest something or to bring attention to an issue that could get yourself in trouble um, just because of your circumstances? That's true. Um, and th- there's a difference, too. I mean, we could take uh, we could take specifically the the um, example of Google itself. Mm-hmm. So on the one hand, you've got. Google Plus, yep. which is a social networking service that is optional for you to join. You, if you, if you want to join the service currently as of the time we're recording this, you have to use your real name. Yep. And that's up to you. You do not have to join Google Plus. Right. Then you have Google Street View on the other hand. Yes. And this, uh, um, again, long-term listeners will know that we've talked about this before on the, on previous podcasts. So Google Street View, the idea being that uh, Google is sending cars on you know, driving around neighborhoods, driving on city streets, um, 
And basically, they take pan- panoramic photos of right. the street. So mm-hmm. you can see, I, I personally find it really helpful when I'm looking for a business that I've never seen before. I'm trying to get there. Yeah. And you can go look it up online and see a picture of what it looks like. Yeah. Oh, could, it's the green building. And you could pan around and see what the surrounding buildings are. And you, yes. get, you get an idea for the landmarks. Yes. It's, it's, it's really a neat idea. And, the concept you, on the table right there right. is a neat idea. Yeah, especially when you uh, apply it to things like, I want to take a virtual tour of a city I've never been in. And mm-hmm. you could literally do that. If you have a fast enough connection to the internet and a good processor, then yeah, you can, you can, you know, navigate through Street View and go down streets in cities just as if you were there. Um, without the, uh, like, you know, you could stroll down New York City at night without worrying about getting mugged. Mm-hmm. So True. I don't think it would be at night. Well, no, but it would, it would be kind of hard to see. But, yeah. um, yeah, and there, there are many funny stories about, uh, Google Street View, the cameras getting knocked off by low bridges and, uh, people, people doing crazy yeah, things. People hearing that Street View was coming through, so they arrange for some sort of bizarre demonstration or, or Sword performance arts. Yeah. Mooning, you know, all kinds of stuff. Yeah. But the thing is, too, people complain that it, they're taking photos of their houses yeah, without any permission. It's an invasion of privacy is the argument. Yes. Um, and so there you go. You, you, you know, suddenly your house is there and you can't opt out of it. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, plus uh, there are many, many phone directories with uh, uh, with information in there. Uh, they scrape. Phone books, and you know they're of course legitimate phone books as well. Phone directories online. So if you put two and two together, you can figure out where somebody lives and what their house looks like. Yeah. Now, if you've if you've managed to stay unlisted and everything, then there may not be a connection between you, the person, and your wherever you call home. Yeah. So, but the, but for the majority yeah. of people, I think yeah, you know, with a little snooping, you could easily figure out where someone lives, and then through Street View, you could see you could actually see their their house. Which I mean, you know, you can argue well that lets that lets uh, potential thieves case the joint without ever leaving um, leaving wherever they are. You know, they can they can look it up and then get a real good view at least of the front of the house, yeah. maybe even the back of the house, depending on how your neighborhood's laid out. And, well, um, you could use a satellite view in, in one of the mapping services or in Google Earth to yeah. get an idea of the lay of the land. Too. So it's, yeah, it's one of those arguments where you make, well, this, this can make us less safe. And, and there you, that is a good argument for anonymity saying that, well, I understand that there are uses for this technology and that, um, that it can come in handy and it's a fun technology, but there are also some serious consequences mm-hmm. or there can be serious consequences to en- enabling this technology and immediately opting everyone in. It's not like you had a choice as far as street view is concerned. I mean, there are some very famous cases of towns that, uh, that essentially told Google to go, uh, Google themselves and get the heck out of, uh, Dodge, although Dodge was not one of those towns. <laughs> well, yeah, and some gated communities, yeah. uh, places like that. And of course, in, in Europe, there have been many cases, um, in different countries in Europe where, uh, you know, they, they've taken Google to court and said, you do not have the authority to do this, um, you know, because it violates our country's privacy laws. Right. So, um, you know, it's, it's, it's difficult, you know, on, on, but it's, there is a, a definite difference in, um, you know, things like being, signing up to be unlisted from your phone company and uh, deciding to opt out of social networking services versus, um, you know, what other people post about you online. And that's another thing, too. You you can't control 
what other people do. Not, um, not yet, but I'm working on it. Uh-huh. That's, um, why, that's why I brought a crown in today. Yeah, he did. There's it's, a crown sitting, sitting on the table. It's sitting right on, on the table right between us right now. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, I've had pictures tagged uh, on Facebook um, and, you know, with my name on them. And I've gotten to the point where I, I, I try to avoid having that done and I go and remove the tags simply because – I'm I'm less comfortable being public than well, other and, people, and you there, know? There but there I can't usually, control that. I think there's a, as well. I'm pretty sure actually that Facebook has uh, in its privacy settings a, a setting where you can go in and make sure that if someone wants to tag you in a photo that it has that requests your permission before the tag goes public. So you can actually uh, tweak that setting. Although, like all Facebook privacy settings, it's not the easiest thing to find. You have to kind of do a little digging. Um, Google Plus is is kind of the same way in a sense. It's a lot easier to control who sees your information when you use Google Plus because you can just at every stage you can determine which bits of information are visible to others and which ones aren't, and uh, and you can specify you know which users can see it like a circle or just a specific user, but even so, it's it's still a lot of stuff to wade through, right? Um, yeah. So. Another thing about, uh, well, another argument you can make against anonymity. We, we've already touched on this about the trolling, but if you really want to see, and I don't recommend you do this, but if you, if you want to see what the power of anonymity, you can go to a, um, uh, a community like, community like 4chan. Yes. Now 4chan is, we've talked about it before. It's a, it's a message board that uh, allows you to post things anonymously. You don't have to create an account. You can create an, uh, a handle, and uh, you can either use the same handle or you can use a different handle every time you log in if you want to. Um, actually, that would probably make you less likely to be traced <laughs> because you're using a different one. Uh, you're not pre- creating an identity for yourself. Is there a spout too, or just a handle? It's just a handle. It's actually two handles. I'm a sugar dish. Um, so the, the the idea here, but 4chan is that you can share stuff without ever having to, to link it back to yourself personally. And they actually have a couple of channels. Not everything on 4chan is, is of, uh, objectionable material, right? Right. Uh, there's a lot of stuff on 4chan that's all about, uh, you know, a lot of it's Japanese pop culture stuff, especially, um, uh, manga and anime. But there are some channels in 4chan, uh, the random channel being the most famous channel. Uh, where anything goes and people are using um, anonymous handles in order to post stuff, usually in order to get a reaction out of other people, mm-hmm. um, either to make them laugh or to shock them or to disgust them or whatever. But it's it's kind of um, about it's about as close to chaos as I can think of, really. Um, not that it's not interesting or entertaining at times, but it's often very uh disturbing <laughs> to look at. So you look at that and you say, well, uh, if if maintaining anonymity on the web means getting this kind of reaction where you get the sort of of uh, uh, people trying to do whatever they can to get a reaction of other folks, that's an easy thing to point at and say, well, this is why we don't want anonymity. Mm-hmm. Right. I think it's I think it's misleading because it's it's stating that just because you want to be anonymous, you want to cause trouble. And I think that's, a, you know, I, th- I don't think you can draw that conclusion. But I think that that's something that a lot of people who argue against anonymity, um, they will they will point their finger at places like or, or uh, sites like 4chan and say, well, that's why. And I, 
I think that's short-sighted. Yeah. I mean, I, I just point to the political unrest in, in places like Egypt or uh, uh, Libya or Iran or Iraq where you know we've seen social networking come into play and help people and say, well, this is where anonymity is really important. And without it, uh, it's possible that these people would have suffered more. It's possible that the world would have remained ignorant of what was going on for the most part because we would just get mainstream media coverage of whatever those events were. And either, you know, you could be cynical. You could say that mainstream media just doesn't do a good job of covering that kind of information. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's, that's an argument for a different podcast. Or you could say that mainstream media does an okay job. We just have become very good at ignoring it which is cynical in a different way, mm-hmm. or it could be a combination of the two. Um, I'm not arguing any of those things. I'm just saying that without that, you know, if we had had the social media, without the social media, we all we'd have is the mainstream media approach. With the social media, it, it tends to put a, even when it's anonymous, it puts a personal spin on these stories that tend to hook us as human beings into them. Yeah, and, and I think it's also important for us to touch on enforcement. Yeah. Because, you know, although Facebook and Google Plus are are currently requiring people to use, you know, a, a real name or at least the name they go by, um, no, I, nobody's requiring um, a birth certificate. And even then, you know, a birth certificate could be faked. Um, let's not get into that. But I mean, yeah, I mean, you could you could doctor a document and send it into Facebook and say, hey, so nope, see, that's my real name. Um, so. You know, they're, they're, nobody's actually doing that. And I know people who don't use their real names on Facebook. And for a while there, they were removing people. I assume they probably still are. Mm-hmm. But I remember it being a big thing a while back, a few months ago, maybe a year ago. And I thought, oh, well, you know, my friend is going to have his profile removed. It never happened. When it's clearly, you know, he goes by a, uh, a band name, you know, the name of uh, a character created for the, for a band that he's in. And, gotcha. and, and it's like, uh, so like it's the a, Ramones. It's a stage persona. It's a stage persona, and yeah. it's clearly not a, a, a name. Well, Which you could, clearly, you, but... you could do that for a fan page yeah. without without any issue at all. But for a personal page, that does tend to get a little like if people notice, they get or if people if if the company that is providing the service notices, you might have some yeah. issues. But um, some people with particularly unusual names, uh, I've been reading and about Google Plus. Uh, have had their profiles removed and actually it's their real name. Yeah. Yeah, that's um, happened. I mean, there are some, there's some fun names out there. I'm reminded yes. of my, um, my, uh, my sister's vet, Dr. Stacy Stacy. Seriously? Yep. Stacy Stacy. Interesting. Yep. She says everything twice, twice. <laughs> Gotta check the papers. Check the papers. Um, she's, uh, at any rate, yeah, there, there are issues where we see, People who are legitimately following the rules, who are being punished for not following the rules just because they happen to have an unusual name. Yeah. Um, you, you're going to fa- find that pretty much in any kind of uh, environment where they are requiring people to use real names just because, you know, we're human beings. We come up with some interesting uh, combinations for names. Sometimes we marry into them. Sometimes we just uh, luck out and are born into them. Sometimes our parents have a cruel sense of humor. Moxie, crime fighter <laughs> being a good one. Yeah. Penn Gillette's uh, daughter, Moxie crime fighter Gillette. That's true. I'm not making I'm that not, up. I don't, I don't have any doubts. And so, I remember some of the, uh, the countries around the world. Zappa. Moon unit. Moon unit Zappa. That's what I meant. Yes. Um, yeah, they, uh, yeah, 
there were I remember seeing legislation in several countries where people were trying to name their kids things like Superman. Wow, really? Um, but uh, but yeah, I mean, and it's very difficult to enforce that without requiring any kind of proof. And so they're yeah. they're sort of going through and going, well, I'm, I'm that doesn't seem like a real name. Yeah, so I'll go a ahead. Lot of, and- a lot of guesswork. So yeah. Yeah, I'm sure that Google Plus, I, Google seems like one of those companies that's really eager to please. And I think, I think there are cases like this is, this is also an issue Google Plus runs into when it opens up a private beta and uh, the, there's a disproportionate number of people in the private beta who are uh, public personas. Yeah. That's uh, especially true. in the tech world because you have people who are known by their brand. So Google Plus kind of brought it in on themselves in this case, but at least they're learning this lesson very early on before it uh, the recording of this podcast it, they haven't gone open they haven't opened up the uh, social network yet. So hopefully this stuff will get ironed out so that um, if you do want to use a a nickname or a brand or something as your persona, you should be able to. Mm-hmm. Um, there's been discussion at Google about finding ways of making that happen, although it may not – it may mean that you have to create a sort of profile that's not the same as a personal profile. Yeah. Kind of like on Facebook where you have fan pages or group pages and then you have your personal pages. Mm-hmm. Um, I think picture pages. Yes. I think the concern really I have is not um, – whether or not you could be anonymous on Google Plus or on Facebook or whatever. My concern is that you start to see the generation of movers and shakers in the web space, like the Mark Zuckerbergs of the web, who say that they think that privacy is no longer a social norm. That concerns me. Yeah. And the reason that concerns me is because that means that if that, if that attitude becomes prevalent throughout the web, then anonymity will become a thing of the past in all but the smallest niche uh, communities. Mm-hmm. So that's really where I'm concerned, not so much in the specific cases of Google and Facebook, but in a more general web-wide case. And will we see anonymity get stamped out? I don't I don't think that'll ever happen across the board, but I can certainly see privacy and anonymity taking kind of a, a uh diminished role in the future. Well, I um you know, I personally like to retain a great deal of my privacy. Um, but at the same time, I do think that anonymity can breed uh, a sense of um, recklessness when, when people are willing to say whatever they feel like they can get away with well, without any kinds of repercussion. And yeah. I don't, I don't particularly approve of that. Um, but, you know, at the same time too, I think, uh, you know, the idea that we have all given up our privacy and this is just the way things are going to be also encourages people to share mm-hmm. too much information. You know, hey, I'm going out of town for two weeks. Look at this. Here, here are pictures of my trip. And, yeah. uh, you know, and then two posts later, oh, the police just called. Someone broke into my house. Yeah. You know, I mean, if, if, if you go, well, you know, it's all public anyway, who cares? Then, you know, you're, I, I think, I don't think there's an, as much to discourage you from oversharing things that you shouldn't share. Well, yeah, and, and the internet has made it so easy to share things as soon as you think of them that, uh, that's, that's also an issue. Like the Google Plus setting for your phone that instantly uploads any photo you take? Yes, but you don't have to have those shared publicly. <laughs> you don't have to. But if you don't, if turn you don't it pay off, attention, yes. Yes. Um, yeah, the, Yes, 
is is getting easier and easier for you to to upload your thoughts immediately to the internet mm-hmm. without filtering them first, which is why whenever I make my social network, I'm going to have a little window pop up that says, do you really want to post that? And when you click yes, is it, do you really, really want to post that? And then when you click yes, it, it posts. And then it, at the very end, it says, if this is stupid, it's not because I didn't tell him so. <laughs> well, that's that's why I uh, started my own anti-social network. And yeah. I am I am the only member. Right. Uh, and that is unlikely to change. Right. It's just it's just a it's just me. It's just a black web page. You go to the web page. There's nothing on it. It's just it's just black. Well, it, it saves me a lot of time because I don't have to check it very often. Yeah. Yeah. There's, there's still there, nothing I'm there. sorry. There is at the very bottom. If you scroll all the way down, and it's long, there's an under construction <laughs> gift the, at the, the uh, very bottom. Yeah. The guy with the shovel. The guy with the shovel digging with the hard hat. Because uh, we're gonna bring GeoCities back one web page at a time. <laughs> all right. So we're gonna wrap up this discussion on anonymity, privacy, and the web. Um, we want to hear what your thoughts are. What do you think? Do you think privacy and anonymity, is that is that even at all important to you? Do you even think about it? Or is it just, um, does it just sound like something that old people like, like Chris and myself talk about? Because it might very well be, because we're old. Let us know. You can find us on Facebook and Twitter. Our handle there is techstuffhsw. Or you can send us an email. That address is techstuff at howstuffworks.com. And Chris and I will talk to you again really soon. Be sure to check out our new video podcast, Stuff from the Future. Join HowStuffWorks staff as we explore the most promising and perplexing possibilities of tomorrow. The HowStuffWorks iPhone app has arrived. Download it today on iTunes. Brought to you by the reinvented 2012 Camry. It's ready. Are you? Running a business is no cakewalk, but with SAP Concur Solutions, you can be ready for anything. You can manage travel, expenses, and AP all on one platform that's packed with AI and best practices, and that delivers it all through an easy, clear, I can't believe how simple that is experience. So while not much can be done about that guy who never fails to burn the microwave popcorn and stink up the entire office, with SAP Concur, you can easily handle almost anything else. Take control of your business finances today at concur.com. That's C-O-N-C-U-R dot com. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house. And I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. This is Malcolm Gladwell from Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. With some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors 
has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. 